Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to the first and foremost podcast with your host. I'm Jimmy Covington. I am the one and only Quentin Douglas. And uh, we're back at it again with episode 17. Uh, Quentin, how you doing, bro? Doing pretty good, bro. How you doing today? I'm doing good, bro. I've just been chilling. I've been chilling, man. Me too, just relaxing. Man, but listen, <laughs> we got a lot to get to today, y'all. So, Quinn, let's go ahead and pop it off, bro. Let's do it. All right, so just last week, uh, we got the earth-shattering news that Patrick Mahomes signed a 12-year, $503 million extension, Quinn. What are your thoughts on that contract? Was it too much? Uh, was it just enough? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Man, you know, for one, I think it was definitely uh, well-deserving. Uh, Shout-out Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he is clearly uh, the most talented and best quarterback uh, in the NFL. Uh, so I definitely think he deserved that money. Uh, you know, he's lived up to the hype from the, you know, first game he started. And, you know, he's already got the accolades, the MVP, the Super Bowl championship, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, you know, he brought that franchise, their first ring in, what, like 50, 60 years? So, man, that alone, you know, he's already probably made back the money that he's going to be getting dished out in this contract. Uh, but, you know, I think the thing that did surprise me, we we really haven't seen an extension that long. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, since like was it Michael Vick back uh, in '04? Oh, McNabb. Oh, McNabb. Okay, yeah. McNabb. Well, your deal, okay. ironically. Man, crazy. <laughs> I didn't think we'd ever see something like that again. Uh, but you know, with his talent level, I'm not surprised that they want to lock him up uh, for such a long period of time. Uh, you know, you could even argue, like I said, with what he's done, that he's even underpaid. Uh, so that'll probably definitely, you know, be restructured uh, in a few years for him to be compensated properly. Uh, but, you know, by looking, you know, between the lines, um, you know, he'll probably, you know, definitely get more MVPs. That's no doubt. You know, he'll have the Pro Bowls, the touchdowns, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, I don't see Patrick Mahomes winning more than one more Super Bowl. Uh, you know, like I said, he'll get the individual recognition. But, you know, too many factors for me just going to winning uh, a Super Bowl, especially back-to-back. -back. I definitely uh, don't think they're repeating as champions next year. Uh, you know, even looking at the playoffs this year, the Chiefs found themselves down double digits against both the Texans. I believe it was 24-0. And then they were down by 10 to the 49ers in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, even looking at history, the guys who've won, uh, you know, the most Super Bowl rings, Brady with six, you have to look at, you know, he's had Belichick his entire career up until now with the Buccaneers. Uh, then he's played in, you know, the NFL's worst division. The AFC is definitely nowhere near as bad as the AFC East. Uh, you know, Brady's also had a lot of luck. You know, you got the tuck rule game back against the Raiders. You know, <laughs> that could have went either way. Uh, you got the 28-3 comeback in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. Uh, and then even the Malcolm Butler goal line interception, like that's three times he could have not won a Super Bowl ring. And even, you know, the two games against the Giants, you know, even where they 
beat that undefeated team. Um, and then looking at, you know, Terry Bradshaw had four. He played with arguably the greatest defense we've ever seen with the Steel Curtain for a decade. And even Montana played with Jerry Rice. Uh, so, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he has Andy Reid, who I believe is already like, what, 62 years old. He may have like four or five years, and, you know, he could easily just retire. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey isn't getting any younger. Um, and you have, got, you know, even Chris Jones, they're having, I think, some, you know, negotiation disputes with him. So you're going to have guys who are going to, uh, you know, at some point want to go play elsewhere. So, you know, looking at all those aspects that go into that, uh, he's definitely worth the money. But as far as, you know, getting Super Bowl rings out of it, I don't see him winning more than, you know, two over the course of his career. Uh, I definitely think he's worth the money. Uh, but what when I first saw the contract, of course, I was surprised like everybody else. Uh, but once, you know, once that's the, the hype settled down and, the, you know, the awe, I immediately thought about, you know, I think I texted you and I asked you, I wonder what the guarantees are. And I think like a day later, the guarantees came out. So he only has $141 million in guarantees over 12 years. So that's not a lot considering the size of the contract. And uh, it's only $63 million was guaranteed at signing. And uh, interesting, interesting thing I found today was that uh, the $63 million includes his signing bonus, his base salary for the next three years, and his 2021 and 2022 roster bonuses. So that's what the $63 million uh, incorporates over the next three years. And, uh, you know, so after that, essentially, after 2023, it's essentially like a year-to-year deal. Uh, if you look at the cap hit, the cap hit, you know, it tops out about $59 million. That's in 2027. But in terms of, like, signing bonus money, he doesn't have much after that. And his base salary, his average base salary over the terms of the contract is only $12.3 million. He's making more money in roster bonuses than he is in actual salary. And uh, his average roster bonus uh, per year is going to be around $31 million. So, like I said, he's making more money as a bonus versus just base salary. And I think, you know, he talked about making it a team-friendly deal, which is, I think, that's, you know, in more cases than not, you know, most former players and media set of players, you know, go get your money. Uh, you know, because, like I said, Pat Mahomes, you know, 5,000-yard passing season, 50 touchdowns, you know, won an MVP his first year just started, got a Super Bowl, went to the AFC Championship game twice. So he has plenty of accolades already. He's only going to get better as time goes on. But, you know, I don't think he's going to win, you know, maybe one or two more Super Bowls, like you said, like you mentioned. Uh, and I think an interesting thing in the contract is that he gets $1.25 million every season that goes to the Super Bowl. And he gets another $1.25 million if he wins MVP. So essentially to get all of his, you know, all of his incentives, he would have to go to the Super Bowl and win MVP every year to get the extra $2.5 million. And that's not, not happening. It's <laughs> not happening. So, I mean, I think it's an interesting contract. Uh, you know, the money, $5.3 million, you look at that number, you're like, wow. But, you know, once you, you know, study the NFL, you know, you learn about the game, you realize it's re- mostly about guarantees. And he didn't get as many, as much money in guarantees as I thought he should or I thought he would have gotten. But, you know, I mean, it's good for him. If he's cool with it, I'm cool with it. And uh, I guess it was it was good for the team, apparently. So, you know, I think he's – I think he took less guarantee to, you know, form a better team around him, which I understand. Uh, you know, Tom Brady did that. You, you know how that turned out. But he also had Bill Belichick, like you said, the entirety of his career. Andy Reid is 62. So, like you said, four or five more years maybe. I don't know how old Eric B. Enemy is. Maybe, you know, he could fill in when Andy Reid retires. But I don't even know how old he is. So, you know, 
if he's he might get a job elsewhere. Yeah. So if he's around the same age as you know Andy Reid, then he's not gonna be there much longer either. Travis Kelsey is already thirty, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Tyreek Hill's gonna get older. Sammy Watkins has already you know fell off physically from what he was when he first entered the league anyway. So you know it's gonna be a lot of moving parts. Uh, the Honey Badgers, what 28, 29, something like that. You know Chris Jones with the contract thing. You got Frank Clark. He's gonna get older. You know, so, you know, it's going to be a lot of moving pieces over the next four or five years. So, I mean, I'm excited to see, you know, what's going to happen going forward. I think they'll be in the thick of things as long as he's healthy. Uh, I think next year they'll probably be in the AFC Championship game again unless barring injury or something happens. You know, I don't know how Cam's going to turn out this year. Deshaun Watson may shock the world with the Texans. You know, you know, you never know. We already know. I'm pretty sure Lamar's going to be there. You know, that's what we're thinking unless he gets hurt. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see things shake out. In, you know, in that conference, in that division. Right, right. Uh, and I think you hit the nail on the head, too, uh, with, you know, the team-friendly aspect. I think if you look at two quarterbacks in comparison, you have either the Aaron Rodgers route or the Tom Brady route. You know, like you said, Tom Brady learned early on, like, uh, you know, if you're taking a majority of the team's salary cap, you know, that's going to hinder – the team from being able to build and put the proper pieces around you, or, you know, as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, you know, while he does have his one Super Bowl ring, uh, you know, he's consistently always been one of the highest paid quarterbacks. Uh, and, you know, he's kind of had to suffer the consequences of that because they haven't really, you know, been able to put much talent around him, even though I know that does probably mostly go on the organization. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I think he, you know, has decided to go that Tom Brady route uh, with that team-friendly aspect. But, you know, like you said, this is a 12-year deal. Uh, I'd be interested to see if he even plays out the full 12 years in Kansas City. I mean, anything can happen between now and 12 years from now. Because, I mean, even looking at the past 12-year deals, none of those guys played out the full, you know, duration of those contracts. Because, you know, it's just unheard of. Uh, but, you know, barring injuries, he's definitely, you know, probably going to be the greatest quarterback in the league, you know, for at least the foreseeable future. I think one thing uh, me and me nor you added was that, you know, I don't know how – we don't know how the cap is going to be affected uh, going forward the next couple of years. You know, I was watching First Take today and they to mention that they might borrow from future caps uh, in order for, you know, for the cap – this year and maybe the next couple of years to be to be said in a certain way because you know COVID is affecting everything so we don't even know if there's going to be a season right now so I think that's something interesting going forward too in terms of the cap the next couple of years and so and when you look at the cap number the cap number the next couple of years isn't that bad considering you know you know what the cap could possibly be so I think that's something that you know that's interesting to, to pay attention to yeah it's definitely something to keep in mind but man, as you mentioned earlier, you know, Pat Mahomes is by far in a way the best quarterback in the NFL. You know, arm strength, spectacular plays, consistency, statistics, production, all of that makes him the best. Uh, but you know, there's still some great quarterbacks and you know, particularly in the in the AFC. There are some young guys, you know, you got the veterans in the NFC. But Quinn, what quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes, what quarterback would you want to lead your franchise? If I had a choice, and Mahomes was off the board. There's no doubt in my mind I'm taking Russell Wilson to lead my franchise. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson, I feel, 
has been one of the more underrated quarterbacks throughout the duration of his career. You know, I feel like up until now, recently, you know, he's just starting to get a little bit more love, but uh, I still feel like he's pretty disrespected, you know, on a broader scale. But, you know, just looking at things, you know, Russell Wilson honestly has saved Pete Carroll's career. You know, before Russell Wilson came, Pete Carroll, we all know what happened with him at USC and how things panned out there. Uh, but he had like three losing seasons, I believe, uh, before Russell Wilson came to town. And then, you know, ever since Russell Wilson's came, they haven't turned back. Uh, you know, I think I mentioned in the earlier episode we did, you know, Russell Wilson's actually the second winningest quarterback this decade behind only the GOAT Tom Brady himself. Uh, and, you know, I think the thing that happened was uh, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, you know, early on in his career, you know, they had a run-heavy offense with beast mode. Uh, and, you know, that was offset, you know, by the Legion of Boom on defense. And, you know, I think Pete Carroll has, you know, struggled with evolving and has been constantly trying to copy that formula. And I think it's just now getting to the point where he realizes, you know, he has the second most talented quarterback in the NFL right now. And I even take him over Aaron Rodgers, if we're being honest. Uh, and, you know, looking at, you know, the offensive line as well as the passing weapons he's had over the years, and it's like they put no resources in those areas whatsoever. I mean, of course, now you got Tyler Lockett, who's, you know, one of the – probably the best slot receivers in the NFL. You know, they went and got DK Metcalf last year in the draft. Uh, and they also, you know, signed Greg Olson this offseason, even though, you know, he's aging a little bit. But, you know, he's still productive as a tight end. Uh, but up until then, you know, other than, like, you know, guys like Golden Tate, uh, Doug Baldwin, <laughs> I mean – which of those guys are striking fear in the heart of a defensive coordinator? I mean, nobody really. Oh, I mean, man, it's been ridiculous, honestly, the way he's had to carry that team the past few years. Uh, but, you know, I think if he had an offensive line, if I was to have him as my quarterback, first two areas, I'm definitely getting offensive line because he gets hit way too much, in my opinion. I think I saw last year, you know, he was like the third most hit quarterback in the NFL behind only Matt Ryan and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, and, you know, that does come with some of the scrambling and things like that that he does. But, you know, you have to also look at it. He's scrambling because, one, they can't pass block, and, two, ain't nobody getting open. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, I'm getting offensive line and some weapons. So, you know, and Russell Wilson's never been a guy to have any drama surrounding him. Uh, we all know what he does on the field. You know, he's like a Houdini in the backfield. He just, you know, always manages a way to escape pressure. Trust me, I see it twice a year as a 49ers fan. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I definitely would go with Russell Wilson as my franchise quarterback. <clears throat> you know what? I really can't argue with it, but I got to go to another direction. Uh, I'm going with what Davo Sweeney called the Michael Jordan of football. I'm going with Deshaun Watson, man. <laughs> uh, you know, six foot two, 
220 pounds, you know, an electric playmaker, you know, Houdini, escape artist, tough as nails, tough as nails. You already know a leader, a leader of men. Usually when he steps on the field, the best player on the field. Listen, I mean, he's had a couple injuries. He's had two ACL tears. He's had, had one in Clemson, and, you know, he had one his rookie year. So that's some that's a little concerning. But he has been able to play 38 out of a possible 48 games in his first three years. Uh, one thing that concerns me is, you know, the offensive line has been equally as bad in Houston as it has been, you know, during Russell Wilson's career. And uh, he's been sacked already 125 times. And Russell Wilson, uh, he's been sacked 347 times. But he's played eight years. So he's already got sacked a third of the times, you know what I'm saying, in less than half the time. So that's alarming. But, like I said, he's tough as nails. Uh, you know, he completes about 67% of his passes. He has 9,000 pass yards and 71 touchdowns, only 29 interceptions. So he takes care of the ball, has a quarterback rating of over 100 and a QBR of 71. Uh, if you don't know what QBR is, QBR is uh, it's a scale of 150, 50 being average. So he's well above average in terms of quarterbacks. Uh, he has eight fourth quarter comebacks and 10 game winning drives. So he's clutch. And he also is a dual threat. He has over 1,200 career rush yards and 14 touchdowns. So, you know, he, he can do it all. Has a 24-13 and 13 record in the regular season. And let's be honest with you, outside of D-Hop, he hasn't had much offensive talent either. Uh, you know, he had his first 1,000-yard back last year in Carlos Hyde, and he barely cracked 1,000. Carlos Hyde is not even a member of the team anymore. So, you know, and he had an inconsistent Will Fuller and a hurt, an injured inconsistent Will Fuller as his number two receiver. His tight end was, you know, Akins and, you know, Darren Feller. I think that's his name, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't even think of their names. Uh, the defense has been so-so. They gave about 24 points per game last year. Uh, the defensive backs of the Texans are terrible. Outside of J.J. Watt, they really don't have much of a pass rush. Whitney Mercer shows up sometimes. Uh, Bernard McKinney is decent, but he's about the only good linebacker. They got a linebacking core. You know, Bill, Bill O'Brien has proven, even though he wins games, he's I, I don't believe he's a great coach at all. I think he's uh, dysfunctional. He has poor time management skills, as we've both seen. Uh, and you know what I'm saying? He's just a baller. And uh, he's played three playoff games. He's one and two in the playoffs. And he raises his, you know, his play in playoff time. So during the regular season, he averages about 274 total yards a game with about two touchdowns a game. He upsets to 346 total yards in the playoffs with two touchdowns a game and less than half a turnover. He only has one career interception in the playoffs. So unless you know, he's making plays and he's taking care of the ball. So, you know, in, think about his age. He's only 24. And so Russell Wilson is 31. But, you know, when it comes to quarterbacks, you know, Russell Wilson's probably going to give you another seven to eight years of elite production. So, you know, you can't go wrong with that. But I'm taking Deshaun Watson. Uh, like I said, playmaking. Toughness, you know, grit. I, I'm pretty sure he can. I feel like he can carry a team. I think Russell Wilson is, you know, has started to carry Seattle these last few years as they've relinquished the range to him on offense. But you know, when I looked at Russell Wilson, you know, his first co- the two years they went to the Super Bowl, uh, he really wasn't that impressive. Uh, he was really more along for the ride. I feel like he was more along so for the ride. But the team was more run oriented. <laughs> I mean, I, I will admit that they were more run oriented. When you look at his numbers. Uh, he only averaged about 213 passing yards a game, uh, about 23 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Uh, so, you know, and their defense was all-time great. You do know that Beast Mode was a monster. He's one of the best backs in the league during that time. So, you know, we can't act like during the, those two championship runs that he was just the, the Russell Wilson that we know today. Uh, actually, in the playoffs, 
during those two postseasons, he only averaged 212 passing yards a game and completed under 60% of his passes, bro. So we can't act like, sit here and act like the two times they went to the Super Bowl that he was just this electric playmaker because he I'm wasn't. He was I'm going to stop you right now. No, he was I'm going to stop you right now. <laughs> no. I'm going to stop you right now. <laughs> Jimmy. Okay, look. So you brought up his passing yards, right? How many pass attempts was he getting a game? Listen, I didn't look that up, but I, look, I looked at the numbers, bro. When Pete Carroll running the archaic offense, how many passing yards he's supposed to throw for? I mean, you could throw for more than 212 a game. Come on, bro. If you only throwing the ball 15 times a game. He was throwing it more than that, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> bro come <laughs> on, Jimmy. We, we both watched the games, bro. Jimmy. Come on, bro. You know – Marshawn Lynch was running the ball 40 times a game. That's a lie. That is a lie. He was getting you know that number inflated a little bit. He was getting but you know what I'm saying. Years, bro. Come on, man. Come on, man. Jimmy, come on now, bro. Michael Jordan the football, bro. Who? I know you saw them highlights last season. Deshaun Watson leaping over defenders, you know, saucing people up, making dives down the field. Come on, bro. Deshaun Watson, bro. Come on, man. Did Russell Wilson not just finish second in MVP in the MVP race? Yeah, he did. Okay, but I was I, just making sure. What was Deshaun Watson? What was Deshaun Watson? I don't know. Give Russell Wilson <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. That, but let's not act like he had a better team. Give, give Russell Wilson DeAndre Hopkins. Outside of D Hop, the Seattle Seahawks had a much better team than the Texans did. They had Chris Carson, who's a thousand yard back injured. They had. He got injured like the last game of the season. Get out of here. Exactly. Man. When it mattered most. On, no. They had they had they they had their third string running back. They brought Marshawn Lynch out of retirement, Jimmy. But think about retirement. the retirement games though. He came man. off the street. I don't care about none of that. <laughs> Listen. Russell Wilson was playing with dudes off the street. Outside of the outside of the Texas number one receiver. Seattle had a far better team in every aspect. Except Russell for Wilson's starting tackle was a converted tight end, bro. A tight end, Jimmy. <laughs> but he had Dwayne Brown at left tackle, who's a pro bowler. Who was also injured at the end of the season. I mean, Larry Tonzo <laughs> won the best tackle in the world last year. They right tackle was a rookie. Better than a converted tight end. But listen, Deshaun Watson literally had to ride the bus to a game. Cause of lung issues, cause he got was getting slapped in the pocket, bro. I don't want to hear that. And Russell Wilson don't. Russell Wilson, ain't never had a major injury. He didn't do it. Cause time, what they tell you, <laughs> Russell Wilson, he doesn't get when he runs the ball. He doesn't get hit. He gets hit in the pocket. Deshaun Watson get hit in every. He gets hit in the pocket and he gets hit on the run, bro. Well, who fault is that? <sighs> Yeah, exactly. I'd rather have a quarterback that know how to protect himself when he run the ball. Listen, he still got sacked 300 times. He's already been sacked 300 times, though. Like so. I said, give give Russell Wilson DeAndre Hopkins and watch what happens. Well, if you're going to give him DeAndre Hopkins, then give him the Texas running backs, give him the Texas O-line, and give him the Texas okay. and see what's going to yeah. happen. And give him – That'd be worse than what the Seahawks got. Get Deshaun Watson time. No, that'd be better. That'd be better than what the Seahawks got. Give him Deshaun Watson, DK. <laughs> give him DK. Give Deshaun Watson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Greg Olson, Chris Carson, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, and all those guys. No, bro. No. First off, he ain't have Greg Olson last year. <laughs> okay, but now he has, bro. I'm talking about <laughs> Chris Carson was nowhere to be seen at the I end mean, of the season. Is, 
outside of Greg Olson, the tight ends are about equal. I mean, you got Jacob Hollister. I don't need, I was about to say, I don't even, and he was a converted fullback. Man, listen. <laughs> Dude was an H back playing tight end. <laughs> bro, give me Deshaun Watson, bro. Come Mike, on, Mike, Jimmy. Michael Jordan, the football. Come on, Jimmy. Jordan need to sponsor them, man. Pete Carroll cost my boy Wilson a second Super Bowl ring. I don't care what nobody said. Yeah, he did do that. I Thank you. Thank you. Like, I, now, I will say, at the time, Sean Watson got arguably the worst general manager in the whole NFL. <laughs> How you not get DeAndre Hopkins? How you not get a first-round pick in return? Bro, but the second him. best receiver in the NFL is beyond me. Bro, he gave up an open bag of chips with a Twizzler <laughs> to get DeAndre Hopkins, bro. <laughs> like, dude, don't don't even bring it up, bro. It just made me mad all over again, bro. He expect hey. Deshaun Watson to win with that. At least you got Pete Carroll in good management. Hey. Here, <laughs> <laughs> he lit it. Hey, at least he got David Johnson, bro. Don't make me end this call, bro, for being foolish. <laughs> man, like I said, man, give me Deshaun Watson, the Mike Jordan football, man. Yeah, yeah. Mike Jordan don't blow a 24-0 lead. <laughs> <laughs> Case closed. Hey, I mean, you can't just put them on Deshaun Watson, though. The rest of the team contributed to that, too. I, man, I blame if it, it, it wasn't for – if it wasn't for injuries last year, it would have been 49 to Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. Well, listen here. I guarantee you anything that. Anything wrong that goes with the Texans, bro, I blame Bill O'Brien. Deshaun oh, Washington. don't forget. Don't forget. With that third-string running back and Marshawn Lynch off the street, the Seahawks was two inches away from beating us last week of the season. Let's not forget that. That's and nice. that was all because of Russell Wilson. Okay, that's and that's nice. But listen, anything Deshaun Watson can throw six interceptions a game. I'm still gonna blame Bill O'Brien because he's just that terrible. Like you just, Bill Belichick said himself, great players can't overcome bad coaching and bad management. Remember I that. Give him that. I give him that. Remember that. But Russell Wilson also can't overcome bad coaching. Let's call Not, it how it is. Outside of that one moment. Let's call it how it is. Outside of that one moment. And those two years before Russell Wilson. Why are, the, why are the Seahawks still running the ball 30 times a game? Listen, bro. You can have bad philosophy. Let's I'm, think about this. Who do you want with the ball more times in the game? Chris Carson or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Okay, then. I but Chris Carson getting the ball more. I understand it. Why? I understand the commitment to running the football. I don't agree with it because you got Russell Wilson. But I mean, listen, if it's that's his philosophy, that's his philosophy. At least he has a philosophy. I don't even think Bill O'Brien got a philosophy. It's just Deshaun Watson. Run the team into the ground. Man, Deshaun Watson, go make magic. <laughs> that's his philosophy. <laughs> his magic is Deshaun Watson to go make magic on 30 22. That's his philosophy. Hey, Russell to do it too. Don't act like Russell won't. Man, let's let's move on. You just seen it with your two eyes, Jimmy. I know you know better. Let's move on, man. Let's move on. We're still sticking with the NFL here. But earlier this morning, the wash after scrutiny, the Washington Redskins officially retired their team name and team logo. Quentin, what are your thoughts on that? And why do you think it took them so long? Yeah, man. So 
I really, I don't know about you. I didn't really have too much to say on this topic. Uh, but you know, you know, like I said last week, uh, this to me was long overdue. You know, I always thought the Redskins was probably the most offensive name amongst all sports. Uh, along with their logo, you know, you had the Cleveland Indians also. Uh, but you know, like I said, I think what finally put the nail in the coffin. Uh, you know, you had the combination of our social climate, like I said, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, things of that nature still going on. Um, as well as, you know, you had the big time companies, Nike, Pepsi, and, uh, you know, FedEx, who were threatening to cut ties with the team. Uh, you know, Nike, like we said, threatening to pull merchandise off the shelves. Uh, I think uh, FedEx is the, the stadium sponsor, if I'm not mistaken, FedEx Field in Washington. Um, and then, like we said, Pepsi also. Uh, so, you know, that's a lot of money to be losing out on over a team name. So, if I'm the owner, I'm definitely immediately changing it. Uh, but, you know, now that's only a step of the process. You know, it's not completed yet. So, now, you know, all lives will be on the organization uh, to, you know, see what the new name will be. Uh, you know, like we've said, we've heard suggestions on, you know, it should be something, you know, related to the African-American community. Uh, and I agree with that as well. Or if not, you know, something representative of the nation's capital. Uh, so either one of those options would be cool with me. Uh, but like I said, all eyes are on them now to see what the new name is. Yeah, like you mentioned earlier, uh, there's not much to really add here. Like you said, it should have been done. You know, that was the team name for 87 years, which is ridiculous. But I'm glad, you know, the current social climate and the combination of big sponsors, you know, forced them to change the name. And the one thing I found interesting, though, was that they could face a trademark battle with a guy from Virginia. His name is Philip Martin McCauley. He's trademarked most of the possible names that they could go with. <laughs> uh, the Warriors, the Red Tails, the Monuments, the Arrows, the Veterans, the Federals, the Founders, the Freedom Fighters, and the Red Tail All of those names are trademarked. Tell me, tell me. I didn't know about this. Like, did he do this recently? Like, yeah, once the name yeah. stuff came out? Yes, like the last like last few weeks, bro. He, he literally just filed a trademark, the Red Tails, on the 5th. So what did he not want the team to change their name or something? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I actually, you know, when I first woke up, you know, the news broke early this morning, and so I right, saw right. I saw something on Twitter. Oh, I think Will Brinson was his Twitter page, and he had a, a like a screenshot of all the trademark names that they thought about going with, and like a lot of the names that we talked about and we've seen on TV last few last couple weeks, they're it's trademarked. A copyright or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so that's 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 funny. It's real. I find it real funny. <laughs> I don't know how this gonna. I don't know how this gonna work out. Like if if I'm that guy, you got to pay me to get the name. That's that's probably exactly why he did you gotta it. Pay me. Uh, I would definitely, but like I would definitely like to see them go with the red tails. And I saw you know I'm, we both have seen the concepts for the jersey designs, and I like it. Is you know it's it's sleek. It's a nice design to it. You know, I think it'll sell. I might would even buy a jersey just because, you know, it's the red tails and it's, you know, some black history. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
We talked about that. I discussed that last week, uh, you know, the history right. of the Red Tails. So I, I like to see him, you know, do what they got to do to get – unless he's – unless he wants, like, an obscene amount of money for the name, then I want to see them go with the Red Tails. I really want to see – They're it. probably not trying to pay that dude. I think – I, <laughs> I want to say, you know, the, the team owner or general manager mentioned that they were trying to go away from anything that was related to, like, Native Americans. So something like Warriors or something like that. I think they want to go in a different right. direction for something like that. So, you know. Okay. You know, I'm. A, we'll definitely keep an eye on it. You know, I think everybody right, right. is interested to see what the name is going to be. What was the color scheme of that uniform? I don't think I've seen it. it was, was it like the same as yeah. the red skin? Yeah, okay. okay. Same color scheme. They just had like some wings on the collar part right here, like some gray wings. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I saw like a gray design <laughs> earlier. You can probably find it on Twitter. I'm sure you can find it on Twitter, but I saw a gray design earlier. I was like, that's nice. Uh, but they if they do change the design, they definitely gonna have some good jerseys. I tell you that. If they if they looking good, I might have to go and cop that Chase Young jersey. I'm at the cop. I'm at the cop this game I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, Washington, Ohio State 2.0. Watch and once again, Jerry, if you happen to see this, call Washington to see what they want for Terry the plan. <laughs> If they want Amari Cooper, if they want Amari Cooper, send go ahead and send him. Y'all, hey, y'all already got Zeke. We don't want no more of that that Cowboys poison on our Ohio State players. Get out of here, man. <laughs> well, man. we don't need that. Quinn, let's move on to our last topic of the show. So, you know, earlier today, uh, Rajon Rondo was expected to miss six to eight weeks with a broken thumb. Quinn, how much would it hurt the Lakers in their championship? Man, first off, I don't know what's up with Rondo hurting his hand. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, if y'all didn't know, before now, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. The year he played with us, (laughs) we got to the playoffs. We were beating the crap out of the Celtics. And dude hurt his hand. And now here we are again with the Lakers. Same situation. But, you know, with the timetable – I don't think it's a significant this time, especially considering it wasn't smack in the middle of the playoffs. Uh, I think looking at the timetable, uh, he's on schedule to be back as soon as uh, the second round of the playoffs. And I think, you know, conference finals at the latest. Um, But I think this injury will actually help the Lakers. Uh, You know, we already know they lost Avery Bradley. uh, So, you know, the guard position was already looking a little thin to begin with. Uh, but, you know, with Rondo specifically, you know, this season, he was already at his lowest minutes, points, and assists since his rookie season. Uh, and, you know, it essentially boiled down to his best attribute was probably his veteran leadership. And, I mean, he can still do that from the sideline with a cast on. Uh, but, you know, looking at the Lakers now, they got Caruso, Alex Caruso. Uh, you know, Quinn Cook may get some increased minutes. Uh, still got Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, they signed Deion Waiters during the season. And then we already know they brought the Hennessy guy himself, J.R. Smith, out of retirement. <laughs> uh, so I definitely think the guard position is something they're going to have to keep stable by committee. Uh, I wouldn't personally play any of those guys listed more than probably 25 minutes a game. Uh, you know, KCP, Waiters, and JR, they do all have, you know, that ability to maybe get hot 
for one game. You just never know with those guys because they're all wild cards. Um, but, you know, I think those guys could arguably fit better with LeBron than Rondo did. Uh, you know, you got Quinn Cook. He's a career 40% three-point shooter. Cantavius uh, Caldwell-Pope, you know, while he was wildly inconsistent, uh, he shot a career-high 39% from three this year. Uh, Dion Waiters, the gummy, uh, the gummy guy, <laughs> he was, <laughs> albeit only three games this season, uh, you know, he was shooting 47% from three-point range. Uh, and we know J.R. Smith has a history of playing with LeBron. Uh, you know, his years with the Cavs, looking back at it, uh, those years of his career, he was shooting the most three-pointers of his career. Uh, and you know, I think that's something this Lakers roster, you know, definitely lacked uh, was some perimeter shooting. Uh, but like I said, I think Rondo's absence will definitely allow for the Lakers to, you know, find some more reliable contributors, especially once it comes playoff time. I don't think for the Lakers, you know, these eight games, they're definitely not going to be really important for conference standing. I think it's more so going to come down to, you know, chemistry, and, you know, finding what the rotation is going to look like come postseason. Uh, but, you know, with those options, I don't think scoring will be a problem. You know, Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo definitely weren't just, you know, world beaters with scoring. But uh, the question marks are probably definitely going to be defense and playmaking. Uh, you know, Avery Bradley, he was a, you know, good uh, perimeter defender. You know, you could stick him on a point guard. You know, he had that gritty, tough attitude. And then, like we said, with Rondo, his playmaking. And, you know, also his statistics have also typically gone up during the playoffs. You know, he's earned the name Playoff Rondo for a reason. <laughs> I think one year with the Celtics, he put up like 40 on the heat, if I'm not mistaken. Um even though I will say he was only averaging like five assists this season, but that was, you know, his lowest minutes of his career. Uh, but, you know, just his ability to get the offense in plays and things like that, uh, that's definitely going to be sorely missed. Um, and, you know, LeBron James, he was already the best point guard in the NBA this season. Uh, but I think that just puts more playmaking uh, responsibilities on his shoulders. You know what? That was the first thing I thought about. I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't hurt about a lot. I was like, oh, dang, Rondo out. <laughs> That's about as far as it went. <laughs> but I immediately thought about, you know, secondary playmaking abilities. Like, who's going to run the offense while LeBron James isn't on the floor? And, like, he's only playing 20 and a half minutes a game, but he's giving you seven points, three boards, and five assists a game on 41, 42% shooting from the field, only 33% from three-point range. I'm a 66% from the free throw line. So he's not a great shooter. He's never been a great shooter. He's your traditional point guard, but he can't shoot. <laughs> but like I said, playoff Rondo is a different animal. Last time we saw playoff Rondo was in 2017 with New Orleans, and he was putting up some some monster numbers, you know, alongside Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. Uh, but, you know, I'm not really – I don't – I don't think I, it's just a lack of secondary playmaking. That's all. You know, Quinn Cook is listed as a point guard, but he's more of a, a off guard with his shooting ability. Alex Caruso played some point guard in college, but he's not. He's more of a two. We know KCP is like a two three. You know, same thing with Deion Waiters and you know Honcho Henny and J.R. Smith. 
<laughs> but you know, they may fit. It may even fit better with LeBron. You know, with three point shooting, spacing the floor. But I think the thing we'll be lacking is a secondary, uh, you know, initi- offensive initiator. I think that's what we'll sort of be lacking. Like I said, we also losing, you know, Avery Bradley. So that's about 45 minutes of playtime gone as to point guards. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers are going to feel, you know, those 44 minutes. So, you know, that's what I'm anxious to see. But I don't, I don't really think it's going to hurt us that much. Uh, he'll probably be back around, like, second round of the playoffs. So – you know, hopefully, you know, we can get him back then and we can ingratiate him back into the offense because he's a veteran. He knows how to play. He knows how to create offense. He knows the system. So, I don't think it's going to hurt us that much. Yeah. Uh, I think if one thing, it probably, you know, that lack of perimeter depth, if they do end up playing somebody like the Rockets or something, uh, I think that's a place that could, you know, probably some question marks. Uh, and then, you know, also with Anthony Davis, you know, he plays better with somebody who can, you know, create for him and, you know, allow him to do what he does best and finish at the rim, uh, which, like you said, him and Rondo, that playoff series against the Warriors, that pick and roll was deadly. Uh, and then, also, well, I think looking at it, too, if you if it were personally me, you know, before I said I'd start Caruso, but if, you know, with Rondo and Bradley being gone now, I think you start LeBron at the one. I think you put Danny Green at the two or three. And I think you put KCP in the starting lineup. I think he's the guy. Yeah, I think he's the guy I trust with more minutes. You know, albeit Caruso does play well when he does play, and he plays well with the two stars. Uh in an extended amount of minutes, I just don't know how he'll hold up, uh, especially on the defensive end. And then I think, of course, you know, AD and JaVale at the center. Uh, but I think that lineup is probably the best bet for the Lakers. But like we said, those eight games, you know, give them some time to, you know, experiment and, you know, figure out who's going to be in that lineup come playoff time. They might even star J.R. Smith, but I highly doubt Honcho, honcho. <laughs> I, you know what, bro? I don't. I don't I'm, when, when I see KCP get in the game, I'm always scared. <laughs> That's how I felt about Rondo. I, I never know what KCP is gonna do. Like either he gonna ball out or he gonna be absolutely terrible. Like it's no in between. You, you know what you're gonna get with Rondo. <laughs> yeah, he gonna make the team worse. <laughs> I'd rather go fifty fifty. That's just no way he gonna make them worse Forget during it. the regular season anyway. Throw Honcho Henny in the starting lineup. I I I said say that he probably just won't be conditioned for that yet. <laughs> yeah, but man, put him out there on James Harden. He <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But I saw every time. <laughs> but hey, man, is there anything else you want to add to the show? <clears throat> Man, I think that's all I got. You know, once again, thank you to everybody who continues to tune in with us. We do appreciate the support from you guys. Truly do. Uh, I want to add, you know, Black Lives Matter forever and always.
uh, support black women, protect black women. You know, they are our queens, man. So black women, if y'all listening, we love y'all. We support y'all. Continue to fight for y'all. Salute to the black women. Absolutely. But that's all we have for y'all today. That's all we have for y'all today. Uh, We appreciate y'all for rocking with us and continuing to support us. And thank you for tuning in to episode 17 of the First and Foremost Podcast. And um, I'm Jimmy Covington. One and only, Quinn Douglas. (laughs) We out. Thank y'all. Deuces.